Hello, and welcome to All Our Little Messes, a podcast focused on healing through intentional conversations about parenting, relationships, religion, and more. I am your host, Veronica Winrod, and I'm so happy to have you here, listening in on my thoughts today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome back to All Our Little Messes. This week we're going to be talking a little bit more about corporal punishment and the book, especially the book How to Train Up Your Child. Um, I spoke a little bit about like the impact of the book on my life and just you know the the big role it played on my upbringing and things like that. Um, I talked a little bit about that during the first couple episodes of this podcast, and then I kind of took a break from it because it was, it was, it, it's honestly hard to talk about. Um, it's, it's just a very harsh way to treat a child. And like, I've come so far from that, that belief system that now when I look at it from the outside, it's, it's honestly just, it's very sad and it, it, kind of gives me a sort of a mini mental breakdown just to even really talk about it sometimes just because it's just so um, abusive in my mind to treat another human being this way and to make excuses for it simply because they're smaller than you and weaker than you. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, about that book and about the whole the culture around it and... Um, I actually have, I was lucky enough to track down a first edition of the book to train up a child because they made, they've, so they've issued several editions. I think they're on either the fourth or fifth edition at this point. And the first edition has a lot of things in it that they removed in later editions just because they weren't as, in my mind, I feel like they just removed them because they weren't politically correct enough to include in later editions and they were getting a lot of backlash for some of the stuff they said so they had to find a gentler way to say the things that they were trying to say and so they couldn't be as direct so but yeah I was lucky enough to track down a first edition of the book and the things I was reading it just I mean I first read the book when I was probably 12 or 13 years old um and I was given the book to read so that I would know how to discipline my younger siblings is what is the reason I was given. So um, the book has had a very central um, place in my life when it came to discipline and child rearing and things like that. It was like, you know, the authority that was kind of followed there. And I, uh, so yeah, I, I read the book and I was, you know, encouraged to use the principles in that book when I was discipline, disciplining slash babysitting my younger siblings from, you know, as early on as I think it was, again, I was like 12 or 13 years old when I was given the book to read. And then I was also given the books, um, No Greater Joy, which is like a small book series. They have No Greater Joy, book one, and then they have a book two as well. And No Greater Joy is also the name of the author's 
ministry, I guess they, you could say they call it No Greater Joy Ministries. Um, it's Michael and Debbie Pearl is the name of the authors of these books. So, like, how I understood child-rearing and discipline was influenced from a very young age by these people and by these books. And, like, I grew up thinking and believing that these principles were the way to go. This is just how you raise kids. And it wasn't like, it wasn't based on any kind of Christian or Catholic doctrine. It wasn't based on the Bible at all. It was just, you know, something I had been taught to believe. And so I just, I never questioned it until I had my own kids. And I mean, like before I had my own children, my husband and I talked about child raising a lot um, when we were dating and like our whole thing was, you know, spanking isn't necessarily bad, but it should be, you know, a last case, you know, a worst case scenario kind of thing. It's just like, you know, it's the last thing you do. And so when we got married, it was, you know, we're going to try everything else. And if nothing else works, then I guess we'll have to spank the kid kind of thing. So that was kind of what we had in place when we got married. And then when we actually had our our first child our son I was just like oh my gosh I can't I can't do this <laughs> I can't do this so that's kind of when we started to change things so I was like I can't I can't apply this this is a this feels so sick this feels so wrong so that was when we we started to change things is when we had our own kids but yeah I just want to talk about the book a little bit because it has a very big place. It's a very central place in, in child rearing within fundamentalist Christianity and within traditional Catholicism too. Um, people are big supporters of these books. I don't remember a household growing up that, you know, we were friends with that didn't have a copy of this book. And so, you know, it was just a way of life almost. It was just, you know, accepted and this is what you do. This is how you raise your kids. If you want them to be, you know, upstanding citizens, if you want them to be good people. And it was actually kind of a joke. It became like a joke or, or a borderline joke. You know, if someone saw someone else being, you know, their kids were being bratty in Walmart or whatever. It was, oh, they don't spank their kids or they don't discipline their kids. Because again, within this culture, they use different words. So that you have to soften because, you know, the reality, the reality of this culture is that you are hitting your kids. You are hitting your kids. You can look at it any way you want to, but when it comes down to it, you are hitting your kids. And so in order to justify that and soften that reality and within your own mind, you we you know we change the language, right? So we would use words like discipline or train or spank, things like that to to change the reality of the fact that we are hitting our own kids. And so, you know, we'd see 
someone in Walmart with, you know, a child that was being a toddler and was having a difficult time learning how to manage their own emotions because, again, they're a toddler and they haven't been taught that skill or they're still learning that skill. And the automatic assumption was, oh, you know, that kid is a brat because he doesn't get spanked. And so it became like this, uh, I am a better parent because I spank my kids kind of thing. So, and it wasn't necessarily a direct, like, you know, when you say a comment like that, it's not necessarily, you know, a reflection on, on the child. It's a reflection on the parents, right? So you have a bratty kid. You don't discipline your kid without knowing any circumstances surrounding that parent's life, what their day has been like, what their beliefs are, whether or not they do discipline their kid, whether or not their kid is, you know, autistic or ADHD or anything like that. You just automatically assume, oh, that parent doesn't spank their kids. They are a bad parent. They don't love their children. That was another one. If you don't spank your kids, you don't love your kids. I was told that a lot. I do this because I love you. Or this hurts me more than it hurts you, <laughs> which is kind of ironic to think about it. It's like, you know, I really doubt this is hurting you more than it's hurting me because like, dude, this doesn't feel good. But yeah, that was that was kind of like the whole culture surrounding it is, you know, it change it and it changed the change the language surrounding the, sp- the hitting. And and, you know, I do this because I'm a good parent kind of thing. So you have to make yourself feel better about what you're doing before you start doing it. Otherwise you won't be able to get through it because it it is abuse and it is sick and it is wrong. So you have to change the reality. Otherwise you just cannot do it. So that was kind of like, that's kind of like the, I would say the foundation of the culture really surrounding, surrounding this book. And like the biggest, I feel like one of the most common words you're going to find in this book, there's the three of the most common words I've ever found, I found in this book was training, discipline, and the rod. And that they, they use, so they like to say that the words training, discipline, chastisement, and spanking are all different things but they'll use them interchangeably throughout the entire book. And one thing that I I came across that was really, really messed up to me and just, just kind of sick was um, a chapter that was written by Debbie Pearl talking about how she would train her children she called it blank. It was like blanket time. The Duggars used this method as well. And they would basically set the baby. Cause again, this, these are all babies that they're doing this to. So the youngest instance I found in this first edition of the book was, um, four months old where they, they used a 12 inch long quarter inch in diame- diameter willow branch to spank their four-month-old baby for trying to climb the stairs. So 
as young as four months old, they were they were hitting their kids with willow branches for exploring their environment that the parents had failed to childproof. So they, going back to what I was talking about before, so they would set up these these training environments, essentially, um, essentially, you know, setting the child up, the baby up for failure, setting the baby up to be spanked. So they would set up this training environment. They would like lay out a blanket, put the baby on the blanket and put a toy just out of reach. And then they tell the baby, no, again, we're starting at like four to six months old when they're doing this. And when the baby who does not understand the concept of the word no, and still won't understand the concept of the word no after the training session, if we want to call it that, would the child would reach for the toy because it's something interesting. Like she's exploring her environment. She's trying to understand the world around her. So she reaches for the toy and immediately gets spanked. And they called this training. And they 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 really hammered down on the fact in the book, they really hammered down on the fact that this was not considered um spanking this was not this was not spanking this was not discipline this was training and so i i actually should probably pull up that quote and read it to you guys because it was actually kind of shocking to come up with it like to, to, to come across this because i was just like what in the world is happening so here here's the here's the 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 expert uh, or excerpt from the book there is much satisfaction in training up a child. It is easy and challenging. When my children were able to crawl, in the case of one, roll, around the room, I set up training sessions. Try it yourself. Place an appealing object where they can reach it, maybe in a no-no corner or on an apple juice table. That's what they would call the, the coffee table in this house. I guess they called it the apple juice table. When they spy it and make a dive for it, because, you know, four-month-old, six-month-old babies dive for objects. When they spy it and make a dive for it, in a calm voice say, no, don't touch it. They will already be familiar with the no. And I'm not sure how they would be familiar with the no at, you know, four to six months old. They will pause, look at you in wonder, and then turn around and grab it. Switch their hand and simultaneously say No. Remember, you are not disciplining, you are training. One spat with a little switch is enough. They will again pull back their hand and consider the relationship between the object, their desire, the command, and the little reinforcing pain. It may take several times, but if you are consistent, they will learn to consistently obey, even in your absence. And what I find very interesting about this whole paragraph is that elsewhere in the book they talk about how a child I actually have a screenshot of that one as well um it's they assume the child has enough intellectual um development to make rational decisions and have you know logical thought at six months old, you know, considering the relationship, 
between the word no, considering what the word no means. It's like, it's like, no, they don't have, it's, it's insane to me. And like, even in this paragraph here, if you are the principal caretaker of your child, your heart will be able to discern the world from his perspective. When the child believes it is wrong, it is wrong. Where there is moral understanding and he disobeys, he should be punished with the rod. Where there is lack of understanding of the moral quality of his actions, he should be trained and conditioned. Sometimes the the rod is used in training. More will be said about this later. So they already say that there is a lack of understanding about the moral quality of his actions. There's a lack of understanding in the child. They have the they do not have the ability to think rationally and logically about their actions or even the actions of those around them. But let me pull this up here. Um, in this paragraph here, the first one I, I, you know, I read to you, they claim that a six-month-old baby has the ability to consider the relationship between the object, their desire, the command, and the little reinforcing pain. And that's just insane to me. They're not, they're not thinking about the relationship between anything. They don't have the intellectual development to do that yet they are very well uh, when we're that young we're we're creatures that run solely on instinct okay we don't have the ability to think of you know to think rational thought like that and so when you hit a baby that young their bodies and their brains automatically are going into fight or flight the only thing that is happening is there in their brain is survival mode. That is it. Their bodies are flooded with cortisol. Okay, and that is the only thing that is happening. There is no rational thought going on. They're not considering the relationship between anything. The only thing that might be happening inside of their minds or bodies at that time is who created the pain. That was just inflicted on their body. And instead of seeing you as, you know, the person who, who comforted them and fed them and loved them and it was their safety, now they're going to see you. And because of the cortisol flooding their bodies and the reaction inside of their brains and the fight and flight reflex that their bodies automatically went into, that relationship has now been changed. Instead of being your, their safety, you are now also a source of their pain and they are going to subconsciously know that. And so they haven't, you know, learned no, they've just learned to fear you at four months old. And like, this is something that these people, you know, they actually encourage. And I just, I don't, I don't understand. I really don't understand that kind of mentality at all. So, um, yeah, they, they, and again, like you could see in that paragraph as well, and within the, and in the other paragraph I read to you, they use the words training and discipline interchangeably to mean the same exact thing. And yet throughout the book, they'll also claim that training and discipline are two different things. Like they'll claim that if you start training early, then you won't need to discipline. But then they also later on in the book claim that the rod can be used for both training and discipline, which kind of implies that there is no difference between the two. 
for at least in these people's minds. And so, I mean, just the, the amount of contradiction and, and reaching that these people do to justify their behavior and actions towards their own offspring is just mind blowing to me. Like, it's just, it's a huge stretch in so many ways. And it's, it's really, it's just really messed up, you know? And like, like I said, like when I, I first read the paragraph where they were talking about using a switch, a willow branch on a baby as young as four months old, the situation I guess was she was trying to climb the stairs and, um, she didn't, she was an early crawler, apparently tried to climb the stairs, like try to go up one of the steps and mom yelled no. And the baby looked at her and then kept going. And so she said that she had to break the defiance from the child's will. And so she, she gave her a switch with, with, um, it wasn't a willow branch. No, no, this was a willow branch in this case. Yes. She used the willow branch on the back of the baby's legs, the four month old's legs to break the defiance, to break the child's will. Because obviously when she looked at her, she was just, you know, and then continued, she was just being defiant, had, you know, nothing to do with the fact that she's four months old and doesn't understand anything about the world around her beyond where her food comes from. And yeah, so she switched her with a willow branch and called it training. Even though, again, like they use that word, you know, training and discipline interchangeably. So this wasn't a training session. In this case, it would have been a discipline because she had already you know, performed the action without being set up. Um, she'd already performed the, you know, the action that they didn't like. So this would have been technically discipline, but, you know, we can't call it discipline because discipline and form and soul just, you know, don't sound very good together, apparently. So, you know, we're going to call it training. We're training the four month old. And just the stretch and, and the lengths they went to, to justify hitting that four-month-old baby in this book was just absolutely sickening. Like, I felt sick to my stomach when I read this. And, like, I feel like I think I think I read a later edition of the book the first time I read it because I don't remember any of this, this situation in the edition I read. And, again, of course, I was, like, 12 years old, so this was, like, 15-plus years ago at this point now. And so I, I mean, and again, it probably wouldn't have stuck in my mind anyways, because at that point in my life, I mean, I completely and totally bought into the whole, you have to spank kids in order to have good kids. And if you don't spank your kids, you won't have good kids. If you don't spank your kids, you hate your kids. That was another thing that was told, you know, told to me was you hate your kids if you don't spank them. Obviously you hate them because then they won't behave. And what I find hilarious about that is that, you know, I don't spank my kids and my kids behave just fine. Um, and, you know, we have a healthy emotional attachment and it's, you know, just a normal parent-child relationship. As far as I can tell, I am still 
learning, so I can't, you know, pretend that I'm a perfect parent because I am not by any stretch of the imagination. But it's just, you know, it's funny to me because, you know, it's entirely possible to raise a child without hitting them, but these people will go around saying, you know, he who hates his son, you know, spares the rod or something like that without even realizing what that means. And so, yeah, they'll, you know, use a switch or a rod, as they call it, on a child as young as four months old and call it training and think it's okay and then encourage other other parents to do the same. And it's really, really sick and it's really messed up. So I wanted to do a couple, a couple episodes on this because it's going to take a couple episodes to get through this book. I have barely scratched the surface. I mean, I've barely scratched the surface on their blanket training and things like that. And they, they focus also really heavily on breaking a child's will and, and, you know, how, how children show willfulness at just, you know, being a newborn, uh, only being a newborn. You know, a child has the ability to show willfulness and defiance as young as being a newborn. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be talking a lot about, about this book here in the next couple episodes and also how this book influences other parts of, of fundamentalist Christianity and traditional Catholicism. So I hope you guys will tune in every week and don't forget to hit that follow button and uh, download my episodes every week so that you guys can get notifications when I have a new episode come out because they come out every single Thursday at 5 a.m. bright and early so you guys can listen to it on your morning commute to work. So I will talk to you guys all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of All Our Little Messes. Please let us know how much you enjoyed it below and add any questions you have about this episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on Patreon for amazing exclusive perks, including early access to podcast episodes and bonus episodes every month. We've also recently added a support group for all of our paid patrons. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates and insights that mirror podcast topics. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.